Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement just for you. And I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, back at it again with a new movie. And this week was very exciting because we have our guest, Johnny Sneed, on the show. And if the name sounds familiar, you know him from so many things. It's insane. He's been on appearing or guesting or being on most of my favorite shows, which is insane for an actor to say. And he came on the show to talk about being there, which is our second Hal Ashby movie of the season, which is crazy enough as it is, um, especially since I hadn't seen any Hal Ashby films ever in my life, um, which seems like a shame looking back on it, uh, going through film school and all of that and not not having seen one. Um, so I've rectified that, thank goodness. But the fun thing about this interview is that in talking to Johnny, he kind of admits that being there isn't necessarily his favorite movie, but it did feel like an important movie to talk about when setting up the interview and figuring out a time to meet and talk about a film together. And so that's kind of a fun aspect of this interview. Um, the other fun aspect is getting to talk to him in general. He's a delightful person, and we just had a generally a good, good time. So I'm going to stop talking here and just let you enjoy this interview because I had such a fun time speaking with Johnny and talking about this very strange film being there um, with only Harold and Maude to really go off of. <laughs> this film really took me by surprise in terms of the narrative and what it was trying to say. So I'm going to stop talking now and just let you experience this interview. Um, make sure you stay tuned until after the show for a very special announcement as well. So without further ado, my interview with Johnny Sneed about his kind of favorite movie, Being There. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. I'm here with very special guest, Johnny Sneed. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm still great. I know we're laughing a little bit because we we're doing a take two. We had some technical issues, but I think it's working now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we are We are good to go, finally. <laughs> we're having just, deja vu. I, I think I just heard her say that. Wait a minute. Right. <laughs> exactly. And, well, so and I was asking you about your pandemic, and yes. it sounds like you're you're hunkered down with your wife and, yes, and your kids. Yes, my wife and my three-year-old boy and just one, and, um, and uh, we're doing all right. We're just hanging around the house and going for walks and... Uh, eating in and doing takeout. And, uh, you know, that's about it. We go to the park up in Griffith park, uh, when we can, and that's about it. No, no exciting trips or anything. And we haven't, right. um, 
you know, I haven't created anything really special this whole year that I've had to do, (laughs) but I feel like I'm doing a lot every day, but nothing seems to get done. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's kind of how everybody is feeling right now of like, what, what can you do? Right. I know. I know. I know. I did. We, I guess we moved some furniture around. I mean, you know, there's some, some progress in the house. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thrown out some things. Right. My parents have had the, um, and I don't know why it happened, but it's like they're redoing every single room in the house and and then they take a step back and they go, all right, what else can we do? With the house, yeah, because there's just nothing else to do. I know, so let's fix that. And then one thing leads to another. Though you start to fix one thing, and then you got you got a whole new place now, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so happy to get you on the show. I'm very excited to talk to you. Yeah. And Robert got in touch with you. You were gracious enough to say yes. So first of all, thank you for coming on. <laughs> of course, happy to be here. No, and so I said to you, you know. You get to pick any movie you want. And you had recently seen that we had just done Harold Maude. Yes. So you picked Being There, which is another Hal Ashby. Ashby, Ashby, yes. Ashby film. Yes. And so we were talking a little bit before, but you kind of saved it. So what was it about? What was the thought process there? I guess I was thinking, like, as I was rewatched Being There, I was thinking, I mean, I don't really know why I picked it. It was, it's, I love (laughs) Hal Ashby and I, I do love Being There. I just don't know why that seemed to be the thing I wanted to talk about. I don't know. Maybe we'll get into some, some, something in my unconscious or mind or subconscious mind here um but uh well i yeah i love how ashby and i thought oh gosh i hope it's okay if we talk about another how ashby movie um because i do love harold and maude as well there was that string of movies that he did um harold and maude um the last detail shampoo and being there and i have not seen his first one the landlord that's the one i have not seen i've seen all of those others but um i just was a real fan of his um, and I know, uh, of though, and, and in particular, those movies and a lot of other seventies era movies too, I just seem to gravitate to. Um, and then, uh, I just wanted to talk about it and see what we could find out about it. And I looked up a few things about it and, um, and just wanted to see, see what we could find. Love that. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Well, and it's, What's so funny is that, so I, when we were doing Harold and Maude, I had never seen it. Ah, and so yeah. it was my first time ever watching it. And then you were like, let's talk about being there. It's another Hal Ashby film. And I was like, well, I've never seen that one either. So like, that'll be fun. Yeah. What did you yeah. think? Or is this, did, am I allowed to ask you questions or is this oh, just a sure. one way? <laughs> we are having a conversation. A uh, conversation. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, I really liked it a lot. I didn't. I like to go into movies that I haven't seen before with like a clean slate of like, yeah. I don't know anything about it. I oh, try not to great. do any research beforehand. So it was just kind of fun. And like, I didn't know what I was going to be getting. The poster yeah. doesn't really tell me a lot of no. like what the film is. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, I know. I think, you know, oddly enough, I think I saw that in the theater. I'm dating myself a little bit. When it came out with my dad, <laughs> my I think we uh, knew – I mean, I know Peter Sellers has a, a big career, but I only knew him as a kid from the Pink Panther movies that he did. Right, right. And, um, and then I think my dad took me to being there because we knew of, he knew Peter Sellers, uh, knew who he was and knew uh, the Pink Panther movies. And so we went into it 
And it is funny watching it now. I was like, I wonder what my 10-year-old or 11-year-old mind, however <laughs> old I was, thought about it. But I did think it was funny that I could tell that this guy was a blank slate and he liked to just watch TV and people misunderstood everything he said. I could, I do remember thinking that was funny as a kid. Like, yeah. no matter what he says, everyone thinks he means something else. Mm-hmm. And and then he gets propelled into these uh, situations. He meets the president, and then he's right. you know meets the Russian ambassador, and they th- think he speaks Russian just by you know just the fact that he <laughs> sits there and nods. You know, and, and made me think like maybe um, uh, you know in life that's the secret to success is just kind of <laughs> keep your mouth closed, repeat what the other person says, and just kind of mm-hmm. nod. And then the uh, next thing you know, you're dining with the president. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because it's it's true he's a blank slate and like even from the beginning i was like i was trying to figure him out yeah which yeah. granted everybody else in the movie does eventually but it's like what's his connection to this household yes and it's just unanswered questions and you never I, really know the answers yeah i'm not sure you know that he refers to the old man in the house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so, so, so yeah, it starts off. He, the, the, um, housekeeper, I guess, um, uh, attendant, uh, Louise comes in to tell him that the old man has died. And we don't yeah. know if that means his father or just the old man that that's what they call the, the, the old man of the house, the, the owner of the house, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he, when the real estate people come shortly thereafter to say, Hey, we're, we're, you need to leave the house. They ask, start asking Chance questions. Um, Peter Sellers plays Chance. And um, uh, he says, I, I've been here as long as I can remember. Yeah. And I thought that was odd. And, he, and then he said something about, I've never been allowed to go outside the house. And then that added right. this whole other thing. It's like, what was going on? I hadn't even thought about it that much until I rewatched it for this podcast. I thought, why is he there? And since he was a child, I mean, has he... Was he adopted? Was he? Right. I mean, and what, how significant was that? I've never been allowed. I, I don't know if I don't think he was kidnapped, um, right? But he was there, sort of in a secluded place, never really ventured outside the house, and only knew um, the the world from the television. And he yeah. would learn how to sort of socialize and do things like shake hands and and things he would mimic from what he saw on TV. Right. And then and his only other re- interactions were with the people that worked at the house and then also with the old man, whoever the old man was. I guess they mentioned his name, but we don't know anything about him. Exactly. And it, it, it just kind of boggles my mind of like, is he... Because I'm trying to think of, like, the time and, like, when the old man, like, his significance and, like, is he, like, a love child that, like, nobody, like, right. just didn't tell anything? Was he kidnapped? Like, yes, the mind boggles of, like, why he's there. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. And, and uh, you know, the old man, he has those cars. He has those uh, old classic cars in the garage. Yeah. And he has nice suits, like, obviously, probably custom-made suits that happen to fit Chance as well. And so he's right. a well-dressed man. Mm-hmm. He He's able to sort of take care of himself, I guess, to an extent, except he's used to having Louise um, feed or bring him meals. It seemed to me like he wasn't even able to prepare his meals. He just was sitting at the table waiting for her to yeah. bring his meals. But he's able to dress himself and take care of, you know, I, I don't know. It's funny. He's, he's, 
he's civilized in a way in that he's very composed mm-hmm. and acts like a person who is of um you know comes from wealth or comes from uh, education or something he, he does present himself that way and it shows you how how deceptive first impressions can be or, <laughs> or, or appearances can be, you know? Yeah. Um, gosh, I know. I, I tried to track and see if, if, you know, was he consistent in how he responded to everyone throughout the movie? Does he, is he, it, but there are times when it seems that he, the only time I noticed that he even, uh, broke character or there seemed, um, beyond a sort of a calm presence throughout was that he mentioned the, the a repairman that came to the house that showed him funny pictures of, oh, yeah. of men and women. And he kind of had this <laughs> ridiculous laugh, <laughs> yeah. kind of spooky, you know, like, yeah. oh, what's he laughing about? And that was really the only time he laughed. And when, um, I'm sorry, we're jumping around. I'm just thinking as, uh, oh, go he, for but it. of course he, he and he showed compassion for the older man that he ended up moving in with the uh, the with Shirley MacLaine's husband, um, um, uh, Rand, the character yes. Rand, yes. Um, Benjamin Rand. When he passed away, uh, Chance was shedding tear had tears in his eyes. Yeah, and so I thought, so he's not completely oblivious to everything, but he. He can take in what's right in front of him, I guess. And he's very polite. He's nice to Eve, although mm-hmm. he's so easily distracted by if there's an image he wants, if there's an image on television on, he right. will be uh, immediately attracted to that or and will then start to mimic that action. So he's very inf- influenced by these outer stimulus. But then yet he would have this compassion to, to have tears in his eyes while Benjamin Rand passes away and he yeah. is kind and gentle with him and gentle with the plants. You know, he, he's a nurturing figure with these <laughs> trees and, and plants that he comes in contact with. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And like one, one of the first <laughs> notes I wrote down when watching this movie was he watches TV all day and gardens. I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know, you you were all on our screens all the time. And yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, we're, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I know. I mean, it's it speaks to you know this notion of uh, the truth and what you get from the screen, and mm-hmm. and then celebrity. The fact that all it takes is one person saying that oh, he, he's wise. And then everyone thinks, oh, well, he must be wise. And so it's, right. you see that in, in life where this person has been anointed as an expert on something. And all of a sudden we're following along. And, uh, you know, of course we have, uh, I didn't want to talk too much about our past president, Donnie, but is you can't help it. I mean, here's a guy who uh, loves to just wa- gets his information from television. Mm-hmm. And then, and when you watch him speak, some people think what he's not saying anything, but people in, uh, project onto these, our leaders or these celebrities, what we want them, almost what we want to believe that they mean yeah. in a way. And it's just, uh, yeah, frightening. <laughs> Mr. Garner, do you agree with Ben or do you think we can stimulate growth through temporary incentives? As long as the roots are not severed, 
all is well and all will be well in the garden. In the garden? Yes. In a garden, growth has its season. First comes spring and summer, but then we have fall and winter. And then we get spring and summer again. Spring and summer? Yes. <clears throat> then fall and winter? Yes. I think what our insightful young friend is saying is that we welcome the inevitable seasons of nature, but we're upset by the seasons of our economy. Yes, there will be growth in the spring. Hmm. 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 <laughs> well, Mr. Garner, I must admit that is one of the most refreshing and optimistic statements I've heard in a very, very long time. I admire your good, solid sense. That's precisely what we lack on Capitol Hill. Yeah. it's And it's every time he says something like, like when they're going to the party, him and Shirley MacLaine and yeah. the reporters are asking him questions. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't read. I don't read right. papers. And they're like, oh, so you're saying TV reports the news better than newspapers. Like, no, that's no, not what I'm saying. What I'm saying. I, don't read. I just don't read the newspapers. I don't read the news. I can't read. And then later he says, right, I can't read. He's completely yeah. honest with people. He tells people the truth and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and they still don't hear him, you yeah. know. Oh, I know. He, Who has the time to read? Right. <laughs> I don't read. Who has a tone? Yeah. Oh, I don't write. Oh, I know. Please, we'll get somebody to write for you. Yeah. I can't write either. I know. I know there were all the. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you. (laughs) I'm going to be more like more like Chance and talk less. I feel like you'll think I'm smarter (laughs) that way. Maybe. (laughs) Well, it's just so interesting because there is this. There's an innocence to Chance throughout this whole thing. And Louise in the beginning even says like, you know, oh, you're, you're just like a child. Like it doesn't, yeah. the old, you know, the old man's death doesn't mean anything to you because you don't, you don't understand it. Right. I, th- I think he does understand in a way. It's just, he's coping with it in kind of a young mindset of like, oh, okay. Like, can I watch TV now? Yeah. Right. Like, like he's moving just, con- on. Yeah. Yeah. He's just continuing to move forward, but you're right. And it's interesting when you said he reflects things back to you. He's, he is like a mirror in that way. And it just yes. kind of hit me of like, I think it's Rand makes mirrors. Like that's one of his professions of like things that he does. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Or I didn't it just, pay it. yeah. It's like something in his eulogy is like, that's why he decided to make mirrors or something. And I'm like, Oh, that's great. <laughs> I just oh, didn't at even... the very end when he, yeah. when um, the president is reading some of those quotes uh, right. of his or something. Yes. I wanted yeah. to go back and get more of those because they were, there were some really funny things he right. was saying. <laughs> the, the thing, the first thing he says uh, about uh, Rand or saying, um, I don't care for people on welfare and I don't right. think they care for me either. It's like this, exactly. the, uh, this heartless industrialist, you know, right. you, oh gosh. It makes you wonder like, was Rand into that idea of like, yes, read some quotes that I didn't know to say. I know, right? I know. 
That's that's great that you caught that. I missed that. I know. I didn't know what business he was in, except that he just had, had enormous money. wealth and yeah. sort of uh, had the president's ear, obviously, and and lots of other probably wealthy men and um, seemingly wealthy men that seemed to be the at the end of who they were the the. the the pallbearers all spotting yeah. who the next president would be. And, <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. I, uh, yeah. So he was, so chance obviously with that name, what a great name chance, the gardener yeah. chance. So everything happens to him he, he by chance and he by just chance. sort of goes with it. Um, and then I know this is what I was asking you about. If, you, if you're going to edit this out, this is, <laughs> 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 well, because everything happens to him by chance. And then at the very end with when they're putting um, um, Benjamin Rand, mm-hmm. which is an interesting name, too. I wonder what the significance of Rand was. I know mm-hmm. there's the Rand Corporation, which is like a, a private corporation formed maybe in with the government back to do research back in uh-huh. the 50s. That's been the, the and they provide information about Intel, you know, military and space and all that. So I thought that was interesting. That Rand, and then right. I guess the writer Ian 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 Rand. I've not read her stuff. I just know she's a favorite of all those uh, the industrialists. Mm-hmm. And um, I, but then so he's his coffin is going to be elevated into that uh, pyramid, pyramid with the Eye of Providence or whatever, the, which is on the back of the dollar bill. And, yeah. Uh, I guess has, you know, people think it's like the Illuminati and all the, you know, so it's this great thing that the eye of Providence, the, you know, and things are moving, things are happening to chance and to then those around him from some unseen hand, unseen force or something. I don't know. I know it's just funny to me. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I mean, there's definitely something there in terms of like, it's like all the pieces coming together, but like chance had nothing to do with it really. Right. Right. <laughs> right. He, just craziness. He never said he, you know, he never had that ambition to be um, on television giving advice or giving his thoughts about the economy. People just put him there. They just thought, right. oh, he's, yes. When he says these things about gardening and the the spring, oh, yes, yes, that's the economy. Of course, he must be talking about business and the economy. And Right. <laughs> And they just, he just says yes to those opportunities that do come. They, those, you know, when they offer to put him on TV to on the talk show, mm-hmm. uh, he says, yes, I've been on television before, which I love that line because right. he had only been on television because he saw himself on right. the screen from the TV store that he had, <laughs> the electronic store he had gone in front of before he was right. hit by, um, Shirley McLean's car. Yeah. Just the <laughs> fact that he, all his life, he's grown up watching television and there he is in front of that store and he sees himself on tv what a moment that must have been for chance to see himself finally absolutely and like that kind of like oh this is how it works like trying to figure it out in his mind on top of that right right like there i am (laughs) and then he just happens to back up and then um Yes, yeah, Shirley MacLaine, who I love. I think she's a wonderful actress and oh, provides such. Um, even though I guess her stuff is silly, the the scene with the on the bearskin and all that, right. and that like sort of romance <laughs> is kind of yeah. silly and maybe maybe almost out of character. Her, but maybe that was the point that she is just she even her, you know, 
better judgment is cast aside because she wants to believe that chance is something great, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, but she's just wonderful. And I know she's, she's done so many great things. Um, so many other great movies, uh, postcards from the edge. Uh, mm-hmm. she was a wonderful in that and uh, lots of both. And, um, with Jack Nicholson and, um, uh, and, uh, Deborah Winger. Gosh, I can't, terms of endearment. Oh yes. She, he's, she's <laughs> right. in that. Anyway, I love her. Can we talk, let's talk about that just for a second. The, she's great. And then also, um, Melvin Douglas, who played the old, the man that he, um, the industrialist, uh, Rand, yeah. um, is, is in a movie called HUD that I also like. And, uh, with Paul Newman, who I'm a fan of, um, and it's back, gosh, probably in the fifties is a black and white, beautiful, beautifully shot movie called HUD. And he plays the father to Paul Newman's character. And it's just great in that. Um, and then, um, the president who chance meets is, uh, what's his name? Jack Warden. Yes. Is wonderful. And was in another Hal Ashby movie shampoo with Warren Beatty. Oh. And then Warren Beatty and Jack Warden were in uh, uh, a movie called Heaven Can Wait. That's kind of silly and funny. And then Bullworth. So they obviously, I guess Warren Beatty really liked Jack Warden and used him in some other movies right. after this, <laughs> after being there. And um, what else? The, yeah, I just thought that, I just really liked the, the, some of those actors that are involved. And, and um, uh the, the the moments of quiet actually I, I really appreciate and i think i noticed that in a lot of hal ashby movies there are there's just some nice pauses and pacing and um there might be something frenetic for a little bit but it will always slow yeah. down and i don't know it just and i think it looks beautiful the 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 cinematography of the movie is great um caleb Dachanel, Dachanel, I believe is his name. It just looks like inside the the Rand's house. Oh, stunning! Shot so beautifully, and the the contrast between when he was in the examination room, sort of the bright lights and everything is just lit so brightly, and you can see everything to so the sort of final scenes where he's on his bed, sort of dying, and the, mm-hmm. the just a little bit of light trickling in, and everything's soft, soft, and yeah. I don't know. I just thought it looked beautiful. And then to go when Chance first leaves his house after he oh. has to leave, you know, to go from you yes. think he's in this like stately manner, which he is inside, but then you right. realize outside it's just um, decrepit, you know, everything yeah. is falling apart. The city around it is falling apart, you know. It really threw me for a loop when he walked <laughs> out that door and it just pans out and there's like a wrecked car in front right. and it's like where are we like where did I what know. happened between that door opening and then I on know. top of it they have like this really loud like 70s music <laughs> on top of it it's like sensory overload almost and I like know. i'm I drinking know. coffee this morning like rewatching, and i'm like oh this is a lot yeah <laughs> this is a lot I for know. 8 30 in the morning <laughs> i know it's like a yeah it's like a funked up version of what is that song uh it thus spoke Sarah yeah Thustra. Uh-huh. i'm sorry about my pr- pronunciation <laughs> but also seen on um 2001 uh, space, space Odyssey, Odyssey. Obviously that, that's and yeah. so that sort of idea of going on this epic journey and the 
being right. in this <laughs> epic scale of this scene is great. It's, it's very funny to me. Yeah, that, that, that made me laugh. Uh, yeah. And the fact that um, poor Chance, you know, was so used to having Louise yeah. give him his food. He was asking any other African-American woman he saw on the right. street, I'm hungry. Can you, can you feed me? Can you like give that, me lunch? He just, that was his association with food was, oh, a nice African-American woman is going to bring me food, you know? Right. No, oh, honey. That's no, not. that's not how it works. <laughs> Well, and it really shows like his world goes from so small to so big all at once that like, like you were saying, his only association of like to get food is to ask a nice African-American woman to bring it to you while you watch TV. TV, yeah. That's, that's not his world anymore. And so it's like, it's like he's figuring out how to re like figure out how to live again in like this new situation, but he doesn't quite know how. And then, like, the shenanigans begin, like, yes. almost immediately. <laughs> right. He's in trouble. The the, the kids sort of th- uh, threaten to, with a knife, him, you know, right. he sort of doesn't, he's not sure what to think of that. And he pull, tries the remote, you know, to try to make right. that go away. I know, like, <laughs> oh, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And he says, but I will give him that message. You know, he, he, right. he takes what that kid <laughs> says to him and says, I will give him that message if I see him, Raphael. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he goes on his way. Excuse me. Could you please tell me where I can find a garden to work in? A garden? Oh, no. Too man. There is much to be done during the winter. I should start the seeds for the spring and work the soil. Oh, shit. Who sent you here, boy? Did that chicken shit asshole Raphael send you, boy? No. Mr. Thomas Franklin told me I must leave the old man's house. He's dead, you know. Dead, my ass. You tell that asshole if he got something to tell me to get his ass down here so. You got that, boy? Check it out. If I see Raphael, I will give him your message. Do that. Good day. Yeah, you want to have a good day. And then how perfect that then, of course, he would feel so comfortable and familiar in um, the Rand's home because he had come from this nice home the right. jennings homes are seemingly nice uh, of coming from some wealth into another home of wealth of course rand was this absolutely opulent you know ridiculous amount and uh, <laughs> but he would it made perfect sense okay well now i i live here now you know and right just take it as it he never thinks like past really tomorrow i guess he did ask will you close the house when you die yeah it was seeming like to see if he could stick around yeah, it was almost like a like a forward thinking thought of like, oh, yeah. when when this old man dies, are you going to leave, and do I have to leave? Then? Right, right. It's like, oh, 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 yeah, because he didn't seem to have a lot of yes forethought about his actions aside from gardening forethought. Yeah, mm-hmm. except he did. Yeah, he did seem to understand that um, Rand was dying and that that maybe that would change the circumstances. And he did ask Eve if she would close yeah. the, the house. Um, but yeah. He, I just was struck by how, how, how polite he was <laughs> at, at certain times and agreeable he was. And 
Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, of course, Miss, you know, Eve. No, I, I, enjoy, I like you, and I. He would say he would reflect back some nice things to people on a personal level. Yeah. Um, I know. <clears throat> I've tried to just figure him out. Tried to figure out how human he was. Yeah. Humane in certain circumstances, and how uh, aware he was versus being just completely oblivious. Yeah, it's a fine um, line. Yeah. Yeah. Fine line and between those things. I thought, well, like, okay, so when the Russian diplomat, when he goes to that fancy cocktail dinner and he meets right. the Russian diplomat and she, he's speaking, he doesn't, uh, speaking Russian, excuse me, he doesn't disagree with him. He doesn't say, no, I don't speak Russian. But he also, I also think, you know, we all are in those circumstances in maybe a cocktail party or a party or a social setting where things are said and you don't always hear them understand hear them, them or understand yeah. them so he's speaking russian and he sort of just smiles and yeah. and i'm sure that that i've done that <laughs> unintentionally maybe someone has said something i didn't quite hear and i thought oh well i kind of got it but i didn't ask to go back or maybe i've already <laughs> said i'm sorry uh-huh. what I, like enough times that yeah. night and i just don't want to say it again you know you I, make my wife, the decision of hopefully this is a joke and not a question <laughs> right, and you laugh right, and you laugh <laughs> along you know we're all sort of do these little uh, games a little bit, or these sort of um, uh, personas, or to, to sort of get through certain social settings. I mean, obviously, if someone asked me if I spoke Russian, I would probably say no. Right. I guess I, I think I would say no <laughs> since I don't speak Russian. But um, I, I don't know. It's just yeah, funny how he. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because like. I think probably by that same time, like the dinner scene, I had this thought of like, it's almost like he's playing improv with everyone, but nobody else knows it. Right. Everything is like a yes and situation. Exactly. Yes. You just yeah. reflect back. You say yes. You repeat something that they say and then and add a little bit about, yeah. about uh, gardening and yeah. <laughs> things are great. Yeah. What, as we're jumping back in, let me ask you, do you have like a favorite part or moment in this film? Oh gosh. I know it's a rough question. <laughs> I I I I don't know why it it um it struck me but the the when Rand um uh, is sort of um tending to his affairs and um is dictating into the machine yeah. what he wants his assistant to do as far as selling stocks and he does give her some stocks. He says, this is for you, you know, transfer this into your account. That's, that's for you. And, and when the doctor comes in and says he wanted to talk about, you know, the doctor sort of perceived that something was off about chance and had done his own research and, 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 and had met with the real estate lawyers and they had said he's a, you know, a gardener. And, and I think even by that time, the doctor had even asked chance, I believe said you, you No, maybe that was later. Excuse me. That was later when he says, and you were just a guard. You really are a gardener. And he says, yes, I really am. So sorry. I, before that, but the the doctor did have his suspicions and he wanted to talk to uh, Benjamin about that. And, but he was saying, you know, since chance has been here, it's, I'm not afraid of dying. And it just, the, the old man was so, um, excuse me, Rand was so comforted by chance. And it just was a quiet moment. And the, to see the sort of conversation being dic- uh, on the yeah. dictaphone or on the, the uh, yeah. 
transcribed on the computer screen while he was saying that. And I just, I don't know. I just was this interesting moment to me. I was just, I really liked it. Um, yeah. And again, it was very quiet and just looked really pretty. And mm-hmm. um, I just, that one just, that one it came to mind when you asked me that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, and I absolutely agree. I think one of the lovely things that Hal Ashby does in his films are the quiet moments of like, yeah. like something big happens in quiet moments or yes. like there's some deep thought to be had there. Yeah. And I think, and I, granted, I say this all the time about, you know, quote unquote, more modern films, but it's like, I feel like some of that is lost nowadays. I know, I know. There's, I feel that. there's wow. fear in creating those silent moments and like yeah. still moments, Yes, which I kind of miss. Yes, right. I do <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Because when you go I, back, I feel like it's so impactful now because you just don't see it as much anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I was just trying to think if I'd seen something recently. I did enjoy like I watched Nomadland with Francis McDormand and oh okay the Korean movie Minari and I feel like there were some some quiet moments in those and those are recent movies because you're mm-hmm. right I do feel like you're, it, you're so inundated with, with loud music and and how Ashby uses music as well but it sparingly or or in different ways I seem I I at least in my memory of some of those yeah. other movies yeah. Yeah, but it, I'd say yeah, so. just some of those quiet moments, and um, but I'm trying to think of other movies that yes, um, like Terrence Malick had has a lot some 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 movies like the, uh, some moments that are quiet and uses he also uses a lot of music, but it seems to be in a, a different way or it goes yeah to, uh, I don't know <laughs> the sound yeah the the sound is important and I mean. Uh, in being there, there is a, some interruption with some very jarring sounds from the television, uh, there's oh, yeah. some, which is, is appropriate because that is what you feel like sometimes when you go and I can't believe when you go into a, like a public, like a restaurant or a, when, you, you know, when you used to go into restaurants right. that there would be, <laughs> what is that? I don't know what, what that is, is that? anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a television, like why would there be a television on in a restaurant? I don't know. That just, or even a bar. I just, it's like with the commercials going on and, and yeah. other stuff. Like why? I don't know. That always amazes me. Uh, maybe I'm really old and out of, out of step, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so that, so those moments are appropriate. It seems like you are jarred by this, like switching of the channels that Chance does, and some other new commercial, some commercial or some broadcast comes on, and you're um, taken back. And then sometimes, of course, obviously the the what was playing on TV, you sort of underscored what was happening in the real uh, real right. life <laughs> of Chance, whether it be a comment, you know, the the Sesame Street song, you know, f- I can't remember what they were saying. Um, different people different yeah uh, something like that uh the song with big bird right different people different ways or something <clears throat> i thought it was so funny because of course louise is is saying oh gosh you know you're you're not yeah. gonna make it you're you're in trouble you're lavoy <laughs> and and she's so they uh, that was a nice comment the different people different ways and while he's sitting on the bed with the with the old man who's passed away the a commercial for a mattress came on and I yeah. thought that was odd, you know, apostrophetic <laughs> morning. Sleep that was funny. Daily. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, exactly. Uh, 
Well, and that even was, when uh, when Shirley MacLaine comes in the first time, he's watching Mister Rogers, and he's right. talking about like being friends. Friends, yeah, yeah. And she's like doing this weird head rubbing thing and like yeah. kissing him all over. It's just right. Like, it, I don't know if it's just she's with a partner who can't give her those things, and she's just right. wanting that physical element or something. Because yes. it does seem like she's very much in love with her husband in the beginning of the film. She's always watching TV with him when when Chance is on the TV. So like, yeah, it's just, it's just an interesting element that I didn't quite see coming. (laughs) I know. And then he, yes. So, and, and then it's as if the TV grants Chance the way to behave, you know, gives him license to behave in a way that he wouldn't otherwise do. So mm-hmm. while he's watching Mr. Rogers, he's unmoved, you know, he's unmoved by what um, Shirley MacLaine is doing to him. But then he happens to be watching a, a movie with a like sort of right. a romantic scene the next time she comes in. And so he immediately sweeps her up and starts kissing her back because he notices yeah. the kissing on screen. And so he, <laughs> the TV empowers him to, to act, you know? Yeah. And then of course, as soon as it changed, to something else he was back you know <laughs> right. into another mode you know yeah mm. yeah it's just uh. i just and i keep going back to this whole idea of like there's this fine line between like total obliviousness with him yeah. and yeah. also complete understanding of like what the people around him are looking for that like right. it's very easy to understand why like the doctor for example would think oh maybe he's a con man or something right. like right. he just kind of goes into the situation so easily without a lot of anything really it's like yeah. people just automatically in this world are like oh yes like what you're saying makes so much sense and it's like well i'm talking about the tv and the room that you made for me upstairs not heaven or anything like that right <laughs> right yeah he he didn't seem bothered, but maybe he did, wasn't aware that people were misunderstanding him. He see, he didn't seem to correct. He never would correct any misunderstanding. Like you yeah. said, the other room upstairs was not, he literally meant the room upstairs right. and, and <laughs> Rand thought he meant the heaven, you know? Right. Um, and then, right. And then the, um, the attendant that was, uh, uh pushing, um, Peter Sell, uh, Chance in the wheelchair in the, yeah. when they got in the elevator. And he said, I've never been in one of these before. And of course, he thought he meant being in the wheelchair. The wheelchair. Right. And <laughs> so it was just always Mr. Standings and um, always um, uh, mispl- misunderstood humor as well. But the, I don't know. I, I, don't know if, I can't remember what I was going to say about that, but the being in the elevator and the wheelchair, just that everyone, he, Chance was not aware that I think people were misinterpreting him. He thought that everything he said was being understood on yeah. his level, I think, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. In, <laughs> and again, like that kind of childlike way of like, yeah he's having a conversation about one thing and the attendant thinks they're having a conversation about something completely different that yeah. like one of my favorite parts in this movie and it's so small is when they're in the elevator for like one of the last times and he's in the wheelchair and the attendant laughs and yes. he just looks up like what's funny and he's like i thought you were gonna make another joke <laughs> right i know i love that <laughs> and that's and that's and that speaks volumes to just our 
expectations and what we already sort of believe about someone, mm-hmm. then, you know, you, you then continue to believe that even when they're not doing anything or right. doing something <laughs> maybe different, uh, it, you, you, you be- want to believe so much. Oh, this, I know this person cause he's, he's funny. He's going to say another funny comment and he's always, he's almost expecting it to happen, yeah. you know? And, uh, I mean, so it, 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 the movie is about, chance but it's also about then the public's uh, misunderstandings of of celebrity or misunderstandings of public figures and i know it's just funny to me all all of that and i um i wrote down some notes and i was going to see if anything else we love notes Oh, there were two times when other characters said, so you you really are just a gardener. There right. was the woman with the real estate agent, um, the, the couple at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She says that to him. And then the doctor says that to Chance at the very end. So it's bookended by these two people that say that those, almost word for word, You so you really are just a gardener. Right. To him. And he says, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's <laughs> I've never said anything different right. throughout the, this entire movie. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I th- I love that that it was the at the very beginning and the very end. You really are just a gardener. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I did want to ask. Um, well, it so there is this kind of also like I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. There's like a black culture immersed in this as well. Yes. Which yes. I didn't see coming in the context of like the film as it progressed. But I did think it's interesting that like Louise sees him on TV and is like, I guess you just have to be white in America. Right. Because I know this guy. He has oatmeal for brains. Right. And he's on TV. Right. It, that's that's all you have to do for success is just be white, you know, in this right. country. Right. It's and they have um when he's walking uh out of the house, there's that whole thing on yes, the, wall. the graffiti on the wall. Yeah, that talks about um being white as well in America. America ain't shit because the white man has a God complex. That's with right. The graffiti. Yeah. yeah. And it's like that's that's a really strong statement to make. I know in such right? kind of a silly movie. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Right. Well, and then, yeah, I mean, because, you know, here you are, you're in Washington, D.C., which has historically had really problems with crime and racial relations. Yeah. That's the center of our, you know, government here for the right. United States is in that city. And then so that's where this is taking place. All this is taking place. And, yes, you have the the Louise character commenting on that and then that that uh, that graffiti. And here you are, you know. America ain't shit because the white man has a God complex. And here you are at the end when these, these men, these, we don't know who these men are, these sort of kingmakers, these, uh, we don't, men of influence deciding amongst themselves, who's going to be the next president. The next president. Yeah. Right. So here's this God complex amongst these people as they're escorting this guy who had a, probably a guy, Rand, (laughs) who had a a God complex as well. Um, into the eye of Providence right. uh, symbol, you know? Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was, that was interesting. 
pretty powerful stuff. <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> like, look at these. The, I mean, and look who the 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 white people were following. You know, this <laughs> gardener. Not not that there's anything wrong with being a gardener, but that that he wasn't speaking to anything deeper than right gardening. Gardening. <laughs> <laughs> but they wanted to believe hey, this is our guy, you know. Yeah. I uh, know. It's funny. And then and, um, Louise, she said something. Out, uh, she was funny. There was another. I was just writing some trivia down too. Louise, I'm actually from Mississippi. I grew up in Mississippi. Okay. And Louise, uh, Ruth Attaway, was born in Greenville, Mississippi. And hey. being there was her last movie, actually. I saw that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and let me ask you, because I think we're kind of tiptoeing around the area uh-huh. of, you know, there's this funeral, and then at the end, he walks on a pond. Oh, sure. Yes, he's walking on water, right. Yeah. And so I want to I want to know your thoughts on that, because... Well, right. So is so we know the, the allegory of Jesus walking mm-hmm. on water, J.C., and uh, as uh, as uh, Owen Wilson said in whatever, uh, meet the parents, he's like, J.C. was a carpenter. I love that line that made me laugh. Um, yeah, so he's walking on water. And then also I think of, from my childhood, I think of um, Bugs Bunny cartoons and Wally Coyote. When they go off the edge of a cliff, they keep going until they realize that they're right not on any solid ground. And then they fall. Right. And so I thought it could be both that it's, you know, uh, chance is this mythical figure that everyone is projecting onto and wanting mm. to believe um, in. And JC, Jesus, Jesus also spoke in allegory, spoke in, spoke in um, uh, fa- terms of fables like mm-hmm. the spring and he would, you know, metaphors. And so it, it may be chances. A a Christ figure in this movie, you know. Everyone, (laughs) he he was a peaceful person. He never, he he always brought people together. He never was uh, uh, divisive, you know. He was always so. Perhaps he is the Jesus figure in this movie, and then also he just maybe he just doesn't know you can't walk on water, (laughs) and and so therefore he just can, yeah, can. I don't know. (laughs) Just like throughout the movie, he doesn't know the limits of uh, modern society or limits of what we think of as social contracts and rules. He isn't aware of them. So therefore he's able to be with the president and and be amongst (laughs) leaders. And, you know, why not? So why, why not? Why wouldn't I be able to walk on water? Of course. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. I just, it, it was one of those things where it made me rethink the entire movie in five seconds. Oh, isn't that great? That's funny. Like, yeah, it was a total head spin of like, yeah. oh, it, okay, so maybe I don't know Chance at all. Maybe he's a mythical creature sent right. to help these <laughs> old men as they die, like with their affairs or something. Like, I don't know. Yes, right, right. Uh, he's been doing it for, you know, thousands of years he just appears and helps yeah. old men along their way passage from the mortal to immortality or something yeah. right it's just one of those things where like and i didn't see it coming and then immediately after that you know we've got our curtain closed and i was like wow that was yeah. a really good movie like lots to think about and then bloopers Right. And I read somewhere I would, cause I was, I read a little bit about 
the movie. And I don't think that was how Ashby's choice. I think the studio or whoever so. approached him put that in, yeah. which I, I mean, I love seeing because uh, it made me laugh uh, to <laughs> see Peter Sellers break character. But of course, uh, then you think, oh, well, that, but that does sort of, it takes away a little bit from the end of the movie where it just, he walks into, you know, uh, yeah. on the water and f- fades to black. It's like you almost want that, that seems to be the more perfect ending yeah and then maybe on the you want to see the bloopers on the side somewhere separate from the movie itself yeah it's funny uh, that they did that and it's Um, it just seemed so like a so perfect at the end of like he's walking and like in like towards the house on water and then we hear tv static and it's like oh good stuff and then it's these bloopers and i mean i think i agree is and i had even read somewhere that like after he died because he Peter Sellers died like a year after this movie came out. Yeah. It was like a nostalgia factor of like, oh, he's gone. But like, look, he's laughing and smiling. Uh, Like there was that aspect. That thing. Yeah. But like, it does kind of take you out of it. And you almost wish there was like a minute or two of like just black screen titles. Yeah. Right. Anything like just to kind of differentiate where we are. Right. Right. But I don't hate it as much as I thought I would. <laughs> no, right. I know because, well, gosh, Peter Sellers was so uh, good in that. He, he played that sort of blank, the way he would look, when he would look at people and they would be telling, it was the same blank yeah. stare that, you know, and, and no matter what the circumstance, except, yeah, see, I kept going, I was, I kept rethinking it. Like, is he, bl- is he completely blank the whole time? No, because he, he does shed a tear at the, you know, he does show some, something, it's not just a veneer, you know, but he, yeah. but, um, you, pardon my ignorance on the Russian film or the study where they showed <laughs> someone, uh, um, one scene and then they showed a image of a woman looking and then maybe it was a, uh, like maybe a baby laughing and then they showed the woman and then they showed maybe something bad happening i'm sorry and then the same image but then people project onto that image yes because whatever their feelings are yes it's like you're putting it into context and now you're giving her an emotion even though her face is blank yes yes i know exactly what you're talking about i'm sorry i don't like me remember (laughs) what it is called either i know i'm sorry i'm sorry i there's my my film uh, loving friends would 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 not like that that I don't know my references here but um, but it I is mean, I, but that I reminded me I, I thought of that with with um, how people responded to Chance I mean he just gave them a uh, blank uh, empty space you know blank slate and yeah. people could then feel how they wanted to feel about him and 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 think that he felt what they wanted him to feel. Absolutely. Uh, interesting. Sorry, I thought I had it written down no. next to me somewhere, but yeah, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> my my master's degree in film is crying <laughs> about me. Just I know. Like, what do you uh, mean? What do you mean you don't know? Oh. Oh. But um, yeah, I know that. Then Hal Ashby, after being there went on i don't know i don't know the movies as well after that i've seen there's a great documentary about how called how yeah. um <laughs> and 
he had some trouble with some some movies afterwards and maybe lost some control of the editing and, and some of his later movies and then I think he got sick um, with cancer and um, uh, but 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 boy I just really liked there was just that string of, of movies that I really liked and I've yet like I said I've yet to see the landlord mm. um, which I believe touched on some sort of racial topics as well there was a um, uh, I can't, I, I, I'm blanking right now what, what the right. landlord's about, but I do believe it had to do with some uh, uh, African-American apartments and people living in these areas. And, mm-hmm. um, but then I just, just loved Landlord and then, yeah, Harold and Maude and Last Detail with Jack Nicholson and Shampoo with Warren Beatty and um, just some, and then Coming Home with John Voight was one with Jane Fonda. It was really had some, uh, like we were saying about the quiet moments, had some really lovely, lovely moments um, with with them. I think I remember there's a scene where, where she's riding on his lap in the wheelchair and, and it's very quiet. They're just sort of going through this hallway and it just was really nice. And Yeah. I, I believe the, the opening scene, I believe they had some... Um, a, actual veterans from the Vietnam war, just, just talking about their experience and John Voight in, in his character was there with them. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little bit of documentary because it's just these guys, apparently they just let them talk and he just filmed them talking. And it's just incredible. You just really feel that you're, you're in your eavesdropping almost. You feel like this voyeur on these guys' lives as they share. And I just thought that was, that was the kind of stuff that I loved about Hal Ashby and what he would do in those movies, like we said, with those just yeah. some quiet times, but re- but revealing a lot as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's it's I'm I'm enjoying discovering Hal Ashby now through the show, uh-huh. which has been so fun. And like, I love I love how creative the films are because even the difference between being there and Harold and Maude, which right. is my only frame of reference, they're. They're so different. Yeah. But there's a lot of the same elements that kind of thread you through of like, yeah. it's from the same mind. Almost. Yes, yes. Because you have yeah. these like beautiful homes, like everywhere. For some reason, yes. there's these gorgeous homes and yep. these quirky people that you don't really know what's going to happen in the end with them. And yeah. so it's all kind of there and present, but it's also, it's just so beautifully done and like, Harold and Maude, I think there's a lot of tracking shots and a lot of like pushes in and pushes out. Yeah. Whereas this is a very still movie. This yeah, is you're right. very much like we want you to see exactly what we're showing you. Right, right. It's all there at all times. Yeah. Nobody can see it quite right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except I love that that like how frantic when the president's like advance team was coming on to the Rand property, how like their wheels are screeching and they're like hustling in. It was just like chaos all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I love that also Rand's big estate was right next to a McDonald's. Did you notice as they're pulling in? I thought that was really funny. Huge golden arches right outside those gates. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Good stuff. Oh, really <laughs> oh man. It is also just really fun to see like cuz this came out in 79, 1979. Uh-huh. It's interesting to see what like late 70s DC looked like 
Yeah, right, right. Yeah, just interesting all around. I know, and I, I it's been I've been to DC though. It has been it's been a while mm-hmm. since I've been, and I went. No, I guess I did go to a, uh, with my son. I think we, I, we did go to a wedding about a, two years ago. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know how how things are. That what the, the surrounding city looks like these days. Yeah, I don't really yeah. know. It it is interesting that like originally because I'd seen Harold and Maude, I just assumed it would be somewhere in California. Uh huh. And then he shows up in front on the National Mall, like where the monument is, and the yeah. You know, he ends up in front of the White House, and I'm like, I know exactly where that is. Yeah, like, I, I've walked there. I know I've that place. There. Yes, <laughs> and I think I thought I did note. I noticed that when he was trying to figure out where to go, there he was looking at a statue, and the statue was pointing, <laughs> and so he, he used that as the, like a reference to like go towards the White House and the right. in Washington. Okay, yeah, I'll go that way. Yeah, yeah. I just thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then he. Uh, you know, of course, then he was out in front of the White House, which he would soon, you know, meet the president and all that. I thought right. that was really funny. <laughs> I know. And I think that some of it was shot in California. It was shot in Washington, obviously. And then there, maybe the Rand estate is someplace in California, maybe in Pasadena or so something. I think, I, I think the man, oh, the mansion, is, it's the Biltmore Mansion in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, Asheville. Excuse me. That's right. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> there was something in Pasadena, damn it. I know I read that somewhere. But no, you're right. That's right. The 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 Billmore, that's right. Oh yeah. man. Beautiful. Crazy. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful estate. <laughs> much too much for one man, that's for sure. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. My like, gosh. It it like the whole time, and this is so silly, of like all he wants to do is garden. And right. so that that whole time when she's showing him their gardens and she's like, we have this many roses and this many bulbs right. and we're trying to figure out what to plant. I'm like, oh, he would have so much fun here. Just I know, gardening. right? <laughs> That's all he wants he will. to do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And right before he walks on the water at the end, you know, he adjusts yeah. that small little tree that needed to be tended to. And, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> He's a gentle, I mean, he's a very gentle person, mm-hmm. even if he's oblivious to the world, but he was, at least he's not, uh, you know, violent, uh, you know, he's a very gentle yeah. person, you know? Yeah. There's definitely like a kindness yeah. in, in his like strange, oblivious, sentient nature. Yes. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, you never think he has ill intentions. He's just, right. he's just being there. Yes. <laughs> So well said. That's cheesy. <laughs> you know, that I looked up, there's also a lot of, there are a lot of documentaries named Being There, like three other movies named Being There. Really? And then there's some other, there's like some TV show named Being There. And then, I don't know, I was surprised <laughs> by all the similar titles out yeah. there. I, I was looking on IMDb. Well, and I'm a Wilco fan yeah. and I know, I know that they uh, have that album Being There, which I <laughs> I don't know. I think they named after the movie. I don't know if the reference was about the movie or not. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, so you said towards the beginning, you're not sure if this is per se a favorite movie, but it I mean, was one it that is. you wanted to talk about. Yeah. I And and so we, I mean, because it just was a part of my childhood with Peter Sellers and the Pink Panther stuff. And with my dad, I, I mean, 
my dad has a funny sense of humor and I just loved going to those movies. I just feel like I were, I saw those movies with him, like the pink Panther. We would just laugh about that. And Kato, Mm -hmm. Kato. And, uh, (laughs) that is not my dog. These little lines that, uh, Peter Sellers would say in these, these movies. And then, Mm -hmm. then of course with chance, I like to watch, you know, that was just like an ongoing (laughs) thing. You know, these little movie quotes, like the graduate is one I thought about talking about, but I know that's been talked about so much, but it, it's such a great movie. And that, that movie looms large with my, my dad and I, dad and me as well. uh, Cause of that line where he says plastics, plastics. When when Dustin Hoff, have you seen The Graduate? Yes, I haven't. I haven't. Oh no, you've got to see that. Okay, well, well okay, go see that. <laughs> it's on the. That's a great one. And uh, I, should, I should have talked about that one. See, that's what I was saying the whole time. I was watching being there. I was thinking of other movies I, I should have been talking about. Well, and next maybe, time uh, you're on the show, you can pick that. We'll one. talk about The Graduate. Oh man, Dustin Hoffman is so great in that. Richard Dreyfuss is in that. That's his first movie, I think. And then. Um, but there's a line where, where Benjamin, another Benjamin, is at this party and he's he doesn't know what he wants to do with his life and he's just graduated and he's just kind of aimless and there's all these sort of, um, uh, you know, his parents' friends are having this cocktail party and they're like, Ben, what do you want to do with your life, you know? And he's like, well, I just, I don't know, you know, and, and he just leans in real quite conspiratorially and shakes his hand and says, plastics plastics <laughs> like that's what you that's your future son plastics right. and so whenever my dad and i see each other or say goodbye to each other we shake hands and we say plastics plastics it's just like an <laughs> ongoing thing and and so being there was is part of that as well because i like to watch and um <laughs> chance chance see chauncey gardner and just little things would pop up yeah. in our you know <laughs> quote quoting movies I back and that. forth yeah yeah <laughs> I love that. Well, so the graduate, yeah, that's a great one. You should watch that one. Hundred percent. We're gonna set it up. We're gonna All watch right. it and talk about it. It's gonna be good. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and Bancroft, she's wonderful. Oh, she's great in that. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I think we're kind of reaching a a good point, a good stopping okay. point. But so, are you? Is our blah. <laughs> Are you working on anything? Where can people find you? Um, oh, well, no, nothing. Well, I did some commercials. I am an actor, and uh, I've done some some a, a couple of movies. Uh, my favorite movie that I've worked on has been this movie, Love and Mercy, which is about Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Oh. Um, and his uh, recording, um, it, it was sort of takes place in the 60s and in the 80s. There's two versions of, of Brian Wilson, one played by... Um, John Cusack and the other played by um, uh, Paul Dano. And uh, I was in the 60s section and I played, I, I'm a drummer as well. And I played, played a character na- or the actual person named Hal Blaine, who was a session drummer in the 60s and played on a lot of Beach Boys albums as well as many others. But um, I, so I actually got to play drums in that movie and they filmed us playing together and used that, some of that footage in the studio. And it was just really fun. I had a really good time and I got to meet Hal Blaine, um, who has since passed away and he's, he was really nice and, um, uh, gave, you know, talked to me on the phone and I asked him a lot of questions about me working with Brian Wilson and, and he just was real helpful. And I was on his group email list for a long time. <laughs> he would send out these jokes and things to all these people, all these other musicians. And so I've just, that was really special time for me uh, to, to combine my love of movies and music as well yeah. in one, one place. So that was really fun, but uh, nothing at the moment. Um, 
so I've worked on some commercials here it's in the pandemic and, you know, yeah. done all the testing and everyone's wearing masks and shields on set until we're shooting. And right. Right. Um, but, uh, but nothing, uh, Dr. Pepper commercial and what else, like a Cadillac <laughs> commercial or something, but that's about it, but nothing, nothing else. Um, but we'll see. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the, I, I, I haven't wanted to travel with any jobs that not uh, just because of pandemic and just not wanting to leave, leave the house, just not oh, wanting yeah. to leave my kid either and my son and yeah. wife, and, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And it's funny, I was looking at your IMDb credits just to like get myself familiar with your work and yeah. stuff. And you've been on or appeared on almost all of my favorite TV shows. Like, over oh, time. that's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, like, that's great. I had, I saw that you were on Charmed. I saw oh, yes. that you've been all on time. Shameless. Yeah. You've been yeah, on Shameless. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I'm just like, this guy's so lucky. He gets to just like, Oh, he has man. this amazing like work that he's done. So I just I thought that was so. But funny. now nothing, nothing at all, <laughs> nothing. No, but now just, I get to talk to you. See, this is great. No, this is lovely. <laughs> I did love. I loved uh, Parks and Recreation. That was really a lot of oh, fun. That yeah. was one of my favorite uh-huh. things to do too. The um, Amy Poehler was so great, and oh yeah, they were. <laughs> those guys were having a lot of fun. That was yeah. probably a great job for them. However many years they did that, that was just really great. Really fun. So fun. Yeah supremely jealous and so thankful that I got to talk to you. Thank you so much for making the time. I know you've oh got a three-year-old and things are hard. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I, as I was emailing to you, postponing this, uh, saying that I, I don't feel like, I feel like the hours in the day have, have lessened for me since I have yeah. a child. And I know I'm not the only one to think that it just feels like I don't, like I said, I I'm doing stuff all day and I don't get anything done. I feel of like. course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me of course you're welcome back anytime we will figure yes. out a time to make the graduate it. happen maybe next yes, season let's do that. i love <laughs> it and i hope that you can piece something together um i i was i was going to try to be more like chance and be more quiet and just r- repeat what you said and then i found myself <laughs> just just words were coming out of my mouth and i couldn't stop them so i hope that you can use some of this oh 100 <laughs> percent It's going to be great. (laughs) Another huge thank you to Johnny Sneed for coming on to the show and talking about his kind of favorite movie being there. It was honestly so much fun to talk to him at 10 a.m. on a Saturday with a cup of coffee. And it just was so fun to talk about this strange kind of Hal Ashby world of a movie and this movie has so many layers and part of it was hard to talk about part of it was easy to talk about and and that's one of the things that I really love about this show is that you just never know what's going to come out in these interviews and in these conversations about films that have been around for for forever I mean this was 1979 and we're having a much different discussion now than it would be then. And the mind just boggles, basically. (laughs) So if you've made it this far, of course you have. Thank you for listening to the show. And as I said in the beginning, fun, big announcement here on the show, Scopophilia. We are officially getting merch. Merchandise! We have so much fun merch. It has been in the works behind the scenes for a while now, and I didn't want to say anything until it was almost 
ready to go. Now, I am waiting on confirmation from the powers that be uh, who are working on the website and buying platforms uh, where you can purchase said merch. So all of those details, and as soon as I know that they are cleared and ready to go, as soon as I have a drop date, I will let you know on our Instagram, which of course is at scopophilia underscore podcast. So make sure you're following us for updates and information and also maybe some teaser pics in the future. But if you liked this episode, you have a couple of options other than our Instagram account, which of course is updated Monday through Friday with pictures from the movie we'll be discussing that week. Uh, Your other options include Going back and re-listening to all of season one and all of season two, we are reaching the end of season two, which is mind-boggling. I feel like we just came back after the break from season one, Um, but here we are. So you can go ahead and re-listen to all of those episodes, and then when you're finished, you know, listening to all those episodes, you can go online, follow the Instagram, like I said, you can follow us on TikTok as well at Scopophilia, the podcast. And since you're on the internet, you might as well rate, review, and subscribe the show. We love to hear from you, and I love hearing what you guys are saying. And make sure that you're telling your friends and your family and your friends of family and your family of friends about the show because we love having the conversation with all of you about movies. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, here leading the millennial movie movement on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next Friday. Bye!